It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Quickly traded to the Raptors along with a 2024 second round draft pick. uh, But really, OG Ananobi comes here from uh, the Raptors along with two other players. Alan Hahn, you can hear him every single day, Monday through Friday. It's the Barton Hahn Show right here on 98.7 ESPN and, of course, part of the MSG Knicks broadcast team. Alan, thank you so much. I'm sure you're very, very, very very busy today. We so appreciate your time. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm getting ready for what's going to be a very interesting pregame show. But I got to tell you, Mama Mimi dropping knowledge on Sonny Werblin and the whole Jets, like how they got their name. I, I love that. And I'll tell you what, do you know why they were called the Titans originally? I, I have, I have no idea. Me. I have no idea. Please. So, they, Inf- so this feeds, and I, Mama Mimi's going to love this one. This feeds into the little brother syndrome that Jets go through and Jets fans go through. The Jets originally were called the Titans. The original franchise that was the Titans, they came up with Titans as a nickname because in mythology, Titans are greater than Giants. So you see how, like, the little brother syndrome started at the very birth of the franchise. Blew my oh, mind wow. when I heard about that one. There you go. There you go. There you go. And then wanted, uh, called the Jets because they were near LaGuardia and wanted to <laughs> have it rhyme with the Mets. Uh, only only Mama Mimi. Only Mama Mimi. Uh, she's uh, she's a national treasure. Uh, but, Alan, we're thrilled to Absolutely. have you on. Uh, again, uh, really, I, I, everything. So I'm driving back from Bristol today. I was up in Bristol for the last 24 hours, and this news breaks while I'm in the car. And I'm like, oh, snap. How do I research this? Yep. So I'm making calls and whatnot. And the majority of people that I spoke to, you know, are two thumbs up, like totally like excited about this trade. But then when you go to social media, uh, Knicks fans are not. And, and I understand Knicks fans, right? You, you, yeah. you, you, you go to the Garden, you're watching R.J. Barrett, you fall in love with Quickly, all these things. But everything I'm hearing is that this really can benefit the Knicks in a big way, especially since they don't have Mitch Robinson. Uh, your thoughts on this trade and, and how you think this is going to pan out for this organization, Alan? Well, I, I do like you do. I always first go to like people in the business, you know, in the NBA, coaches, scouts. I get their take. Then I go to social media and see how the fans feel about it. And generally, you find yourself in the middle. So, Anita, I'll give you a choice. Do you want the good news first or the bad news? Do you want the positive I always take like or good the negative news. I always like first? I always like good All news right. because then because then it, it like lessens that. the blow because then it lessens the blow <laughs> of the bad news. <laughs> You're right. And the good news or the positive the positive reaction to the deal because I always try to step back. Everybody wants that immediate you know take and reaction. And I always try to get, like, the aerial view. Wait a second. Pull yourself out of New York and just look at the franchise and see the move from that perspective. And you see what OG Ananubi, first of all, they have been chasing him since last year's trade deadline. And they thought they came real close to getting a deal done right before the deadline. We were on the air, Bart and I were, uh, that afternoon. And the text I were getting was that they were pretty close to getting that deal done. And they were not able to do it because of a lot of draft capital that – the Raptors wanted included that the Knicks were refusing to pay. So it ended up not happening. 
but he continued to be a player they felt would have been a great fit for them in the way they play. So let's start with they got a guy that they really wanted for a while. Then on top of it, you add the fact that this is a guy that is, is a 7-2 wingspan, and he gives you a versatile defender, an all-defensive player of the year guy last year, all-defensive team, I should say, last year, led the league in steals, is one of the tops in the leagues in deflections all last season. This year, new coach. Nick Nurse last year, more defensive-minded. This year, totally different team. It's a weird fit, and he really hasn't played the same. But the one thing that he also brings besides a guy that makes them bigger on the wing and a better defender is he shoots the three at a good rate, and he shoots a catch-and-three, which is what you need to do at that spot. So it's when you just look at it from OG Ananubi versus R.J. Barrett swap, just that, isolate that, you got better because R.J., it just wasn't fitting. He had a good start to the year, and then the shot and the, and the consistency issues came back again, and he's not a plus defender, which is what you need when you've got the roster that they have and obviously the way Thibodeau plays. So when you look at it straight up a swap of those two pieces, you can see why the Knicks would do this, and it does make them a better defensive team. And I'll add this. They were in the first month and a half of the season fourth in the league in defense. In the month of December, they're third worst. So mm-hmm. they were trending the wrong way fast. And that's also something that they had to eventually address. And the, the piece when you looked at their starting five, obviously no Mitchell Robinson, that's a big part of this. But Barrett at the three, it just wasn't fitting anymore. And they needed to upgrade the defense at that spot. And they did that. So that is, to me, when you look at it from an aerial view, that's the positive side. So that's the positive side, um, which mm-hmm. is great. I, I think another positive is they didn't have to give up a first-round pick. It's a 2024 second. Oh, of course. Right? Right, which last year they would have. Last year that's what the Raptors wanted, and the Knicks wouldn't do it. So the first-round pick part of it, it's, it's going to be an early second because the Pistons are terrible. So it's going to be a, a very early second-round pick. So there's some value to it. But, yes, the Knicks maintain the, the first-round picks that they've collected because now we'll get into the concerns about the trade. Okay, so now you gave, the, us, you gave us the good, give us the bad. Right. Now I'm getting into – now here's where when it happened and I saw the entire trade and what went down, I scratched my head and said, why is Quickly involved in this deal? Why did he have to be in this deal? And the question I ask is because – you're taking away 15 points a game off your bench. You're taking away a guy that plays with Brunson late in games and is very effective. And so you're not replacing that. So now while you got better defensively with your starters, your bench got significantly worse. And so, and we all know, we all love quickly. He's a homegrown player, just like Barrett, such a great kid. Great energy. Guys like him that play with joy, you love having him around. Jim Rat started to become a really good shooter. So it's like taking him out of the group is one that you really feel emotionally. But then logically you also say, but it also made your offense weaker. So what's the deal? So when I look at it that way, that's when I say, well, they weren't going to sign him. They couldn't get, get extension signed. He sees himself as a starter. He's getting that opportunity in Toronto. And then he'll have the opportunity to prove he's a starter and then get starter money as a free agent, more than likely from the Raptors. So you're giving him an opportunity to do something that he was never going to do here with Jalen Brunson around. So 
I understand that part of it. But I still go back to, but you're losing a lot of points in offense and production off the bench. So now I say, Anita, we have got to see if there's going to be another deal to piggyback off this one. Because as you pointed out correctly, they didn't give up any first-round picks. They still have Fournier's expiring contract. There's still enough uh, assets around to have another deal in place. And I'm looking at it wondering, does that mean maybe, you know, down the road, there's going to be a piggyback deal that upgrades the guard position in some way. And the rumors have been that the Atlanta Hawks are trying to move Deontay Murray, an excellent defender um, who can score. He could start next to Brunson. What a great fit that would be. And they want to move the money. They want to, they want to save some money in Atlanta. So can you help them with some expiring contracts and, and some first-round picks and make that happen? That's one to look at. Another one to look at is the old, you know, the name that just won't go away is Donovan Mitchell. He eventually is going to have to, I mean, the Cavs, no, he's not signing an extension. He's got one year left. Do the Cavs want to move on from him and try to cash in on a boatload of draft picks and maybe a young player and, and make it work? So those are two things I'm waiting on and wondering, is there a piggyback deal for something like that, that then you go, all right, collectively now this kind of makes sense. So that's what I'm waiting on. And, uh, you know, we'll have to wait probably till mid-February to see if anything like that happens. But that loss of quickly is the one that really kind of hits you when you look at the deal and see all the pieces involved. Again, Alan Hahn joining us here on 98.7 ESPN uh, to give us a deeper dive into this trade that went down this afternoon between the Raptors and the Knicks, even though they're in a lawsuit. <laughs> okay. It's um, amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. It is. Uh, earlier on, around 4 o'clock, Tommy Beer uh, joined us on the program, and one thing he and, – and here was my red flag, and that is that um, Ananobi is going to be a free agent this coming summer, $19.9 million. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying to myself, okay, you're giving up Barrett. You're giving up quickly. Something has to give here. There has to be some type of reassurance that he's not going anywhere. And Tommy said that actually um, Ananobi is actually, he left agencies. He's now with CAA and he's repped by Leon Rose's son. Were you aware of that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was with Clutch. And when he was with Clutch, which had been at odds with, um, with CAA people, and obviously Leon Rose is formerly used to run CAA basketball, so there was, there's been this feeling that you, you aren't going to be able to get any Clutch clients to come and play in New York. And that was something that at the trade deadline last year felt like that was part of the, um, the roadblock. So – if Ananobi wanted to play in, the, in New York and thought he'd be a great fit here and knew that, well, my agency is not exactly going to work for me to get me where I want to go, I might as well go where I know I can get, it, get this done. So I, I, it's, it's the way the business works. I don't know all the gory details, Anita, but I did see reports about that. So it, it, it shows you that he clearly wants to be here. And it probably also makes it a little bit easier for them to get a deal done long-term. You know, you don't make a deal like this without thinking you have a shot at signing him. And while you have the Barrett contract that you get out from under, you're more than likely going to get back into a similar one with him after this year. Uh, so with all this being said, um, you know, and, and it sounds like you and I are, are kind of on the same page here, really optimistic 
what what do you feel this does for this Knicks team in the East, right? Like to have a guy like this, six seven, but a much longer, larger wingspan, great defensively. Right. From what I understand, he shoots the three extremely well, so that's going to uh, better spacing, and I think can open up things even better, even more for Jalen Brunson. All the things that are really positive. You want this kind of guy when you're going up against the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, the Bucks, to 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 go up and defend the best players, um, especially on on the wing. So where does this put the Knicks? How much better does this make the Knicks in regard to where you see them finishing the season and then what they do, what they're going to be able to do in the postseason, Alan? Right, yeah. Well, it, I've, I've always looked at the Knicks as a team that has best potential. Even before this trade, they should be a top-four team in the East. Now, they haven't performed like that in December. They're 6-7 and seven right now in the month. And they have had a ton of road games, not making excuses, but there is reality to the fact that they've played – only 12 home games, and this is game 30. What is this? Game 32 tonight. Think about that. This is the 20th road game they're playing this season in their first 32 games. So mm. that does affect the team. All right. But they've been notoriously tough. They've been notoriously resilient. They've had some really gritty wins. And so that's what they are. And so usually teams like that, you know, when they create that identity, by playoff time, you know, they're ready to go. So I, I just fancied them as, at their best, a top four team. This, I think, now gets them back on track defensively of what they want to be while they have been actually scoring a lot offensively. This is one of their highest scoring seasons they've had in a long time. They're at 115 points a game already. So I just see them as, is it a lateral move? No, because, but it does it make them exponentially better? No. I don't know if that makes sense to you because – it's not lateral when you improve in an area that you needed to improve in. So they get a better fit, but it doesn't necessarily make them like, okay, now they're vaulted into, you know, the, the elite of the NBA. I just think they continue to be what they were, which is a gritty team, a hard team to play against a versatile team. I just think this takes a team that was falling, going the wrong way defensively. And this helps them get more back on track into what their identity is. I don't know if that makes sense because how do you not go laterally but not get better? It, it's just, to me, it's a better fit. I just go back to the quickly aspect and what you're losing off the bench in him and how are they going to make that up? That's what I need to watch now over these next couple of games while also wondering, is there a guard move coming to piggyback this that'll make it all make sense? Um, Alan, thank you so much. Really do appreciate your time. Uh, I, I know this is a busy night for you and, uh, and, um, we, we just were, uh, we're thrilled that you were able to join us for a few minutes. Happy new years to you and yours, my friend. All the best and you're glad I could do it. You got it. Alan Hahn joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. You want to chime in on this Knicks trade? Uh, I'm pretty stoked about it. Sounds like Alan feels pretty confident about it. Uh, not over the moon, but um, let's say you. I want to hear from Knicks fans. Next, here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Got Julian and Chantal who are producing the show today. Guys, can you believe we're already an hour and 24 minutes in and I have not mention the fact that we've got an NFL game coming our way at 8.15 tonight, and that's the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. What is wrong with me? Who am I? Somebody take my temperature. What is going on? The Knicks trade. 
It's a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal, but damn, you know me, 800-919-3776. We just heard from Alan Hahn. We, we heard from Tommy Beer a little bit earlier on, uh, giving us a really good look uh, and some insight in regard to this, this Knicks trade. That's for sure. Let's go to Sharif calling in from Westchester. Sharif, welcome in. How are you? Hi. I have two questions, if you'd indulge me. One is a Knicks question or point, and then the second is a fantasy football question. It's championship week, if you'd give me that opportunity. Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay, so the first one is, you know, I, I do like the Knicks being active at the trade deadline or even before the trade deadline. There's no need to wait to the deadline in order to make a move. I just don't understand how Evan Fournier sits on that bench every single day and does not a darn thing, and he's got an expiring contract, if I'm not mistaken, and the Knicks are making moves, but he doesn't seem to get mentioned in a deal. He just seems to occupy bench space. I would imagine he's an incredible asset to dangle for a team looking for expiring contracts. So, you know, if this deal is part of a succession of deals, one of them is moving that expiring contract, and all those draft picks, which will never make anything with them by picking, everyone knows in the NBA, very few draft picks actually make it, especially outside the first round. What's your take on what they're doing with Fournier? And then I have my fantasy football question, which I can ask you as soon as you answer this. Yeah, I was never a fan of Fournier. I, I, I don't feel that he was – I didn't think he was a good fit with, with the way that, that things run here anyway. So, um, I, you know, I, I really I, – I don't, I don't have a lot of insight there, Sharif. I apologize. Um, it just, but, it, he just sits there on the bench and it feels yeah, like he's I, an asset – and and a deal happens, and Fournier isn't part of it. Instead, we let go of quickly. Yeah, but who? But but who? Quickly, who wants want. him, Sharif? Who wants him? I don't. Expired, I don't want him here. Who wants him? Back. Yeah. No. No. Look, I understand. I, he doesn't play defense, <laughs> and that's why he doesn't play on Thibodeau's team. The, what's your the, the fa- What's your fantasy you will, question? Mm-hmm. I, it's championship weekend. I'm in an ESPN league. It's a PPR league. I have both Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr, and they're playing one another. Um, mm. If it makes a difference. I have Olave as well as my, uh, my wide receiver one. Um, Garrett Wilson's my wide receiver two. So I was wondering, who, who'd you play? Who'd you sit? Carr's on the road, but he, um, he, he seems to do well against Tampa. Tampa has problems with the Saints. So I'm just wondering, you know, do I play against Tampa's defense or do I play against the Saints' defense? Because I think the quarterbacks are somewhat comparable. What's your take? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go Baker Mayfield there. Sharif, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Good luck this week. Uh, if those are the two guys uh, that, that, um, that you have to decide between, uh, I, would, I would lean more Baker than I, I would Carr, especially what we're seeing with him and Mike, Mike, Mike Evans really has been absolutely tremendous this week, uh, this season. That's for sure. 800-919-3776. Let's go to, uh, let's go to, is it Misa? Misa in New Jersey? Am I pronouncing that properly? Welcome in. Yes. Hello, Nita. Just wanted to say before my quick question, uh, I wanted to wish you a happy new year, and I just wanted to say you're so awesome. Anyways, I have a a running back situation, start sit. Uh, On my Mm -hmm. bench, I have Montgomery and Josh Jacobs, since he's doubtful. Starting, I have... uh, Zamir White, Bijan, and Kamara. I was wondering if I should switch Zamir White over Montgomery to start Montgomery, or I like I Montgomery. I like Montgomery. Montgomery. I like Montgomery a lot tonight. Okay. Who else? Or if I should switch Montgomery for Kamara since he's sick, questionable no. with an illness, and I could and I could use Montgomery tonight instead of Kamara. Or if I should, like you said, switch Zamir for Montgomery. 
No, I, w- I would go. Z- I would go Montgomery in Zamir's spot. Uh, the 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 division is on the line, Misa. So, um, I, I <laughs> uh, get an IV, dude, and get out there uh, for yeah, Camara. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, get, uh, like put yeah. some put some tussin on it. Put some, as Chris Rock likes to say, put some tussin on it. Put some rubber tussin on it. Get out there. Uh, the division is on is on the line. So um, I do expect Camara to play. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. More folks want to chime in on this Knicks trade. Let's go to AJ calling him from Georgia. Uh, AJ, welcome in. Hey, Anita. Good, uh, good afternoon. Good evening. Happy Happy New Year to you and the family. Um, I want to say I like the trade for the Knicks, and here's why. Um, number one, we, we are getting the defensive player, we're getting a 3-and-D guy, and RJ, uh, I, I believe he just time just ran out on him. Um, he didn't um, provide the defense that we needed. He was an inconsistent uh, jump shooter. Um, and although we are losing quickly, um, we're, we're getting a 3-and-D and guy with the uh, with uh, OG. So I like it for the Knicks. I just wonder, did Leon Rose have a conversation with Tibbs before this trade? Because remember last time the uh, when we had uh, Cam Reddish, uh, he wasn't a fan of that trade, and it didn't work out well. So I just hope, you know, that the two – uh, had a conversation well, well, what regarding we, that trade. And- yeah, I mean, AJ, and thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. You know, what we've heard is, like, you know, this is a player that the Knicks have been going after for quite a while now. Uh, Tommy Beer, who was on with us earlier at 4 o'clock, and Alan Hahn, who was just on with us at 5 o'clock, uh, both confirmed that. Uh, like, this is a player, so I would imagine, if this was a player that they were after, I would imagine that, um, that Tibbs and the front office have had several conversations uh, trying to get their hands on uh, Ananobi. Uh, let's go to Tony in the car. Tony, welcome in. Hey, Anita, what's going on? Happy New Year. Always love when you're on the radio. Uh, I want to chime in on my beloved Knicks. So here's the deal. First and foremost, everybody with R.J. Barrett, when the draft came out, everybody wanted Zion. Nobody wanted R.J. So he was always that third pick that we settled for. All right, R.J. got the extension or whatever, but R.J. had those wonderful, you know, he'll have five, six, seven games, then he gets a headache or he twists the ankle. So he was never, ever, ever consistent. So the whole thing was me and my boys always look for what is going to move the needle. O.G. moves the needle. All right. OG is a 3D player. He moves that needle like we need to. He's a dog. That's what we need. I just hope that when he's cooking, Randall doesn't go into pout mode like he usually does because now you got another big dog in the pound. My other thing is with quickly. I love quickly like cooked food, but you know what? We wasn't going to resign him. That's why they signed DiVincenzo because they were never going to resign quickly. I'm just hoping that if we can sneak into Atlanta and pull Murray away from them, let's go. We will have moved the needle. We are ready to rock because now we have defense and we have 3D players that are ready to rock and roll. Let's go, Knicks. Nita, love you to death. Have a great New Year, my love. 
Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. Same to you. Quick break. We come back. We'll continue with your calls. Uh, GM, Will, John, hang tight. 800-919-3776. Nita Marks with you. Different time uh, this Saturday, but uh, with you until 630, heading into your Knicks pregame show right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Big trade, the Knicks and the Raptors, RJ Barrett gone. Um, IQ quickly gone. Also sending a 2024 second round pick to the Raptors in exchange for OG Ananobi. And uh, six, seven guy wingspan, seven plus great defender especially on the wing, great three-point shooter, going to open up the spacing on the court for uh, for Brunson. All the things, very, very positive, along with um, uh, Achua and Malachi Finn. So three players coming to the Knicks, two guys more of a backup role, providing more depth, uh, and Anobi. Uh, being a big part cog, especially helping this Knicks team defensively. 800-919-3776. Let's hear from you. Let's go to uh, GM in Valley Stream. GM, welcome in. Hey, Anita. Happy holidays. Um, uh, with all due respect, um, you know, R- you know, R.J. R- Barrett, obviously a quality, high-touch player, and obviously um, with Quigley as well. I hate to see both of them go. Um, and this is really not about Quigley. It was just, you know, they wouldn't have been able to realistically re-sign him. Hopefully, we can get him back in the future, just similar to, like, Tim Hardaway Jr. But going back to Barrett, uh, he pretty much did it to himself. Um, and in the sense of being a third or second option with the hopes of being a, 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 a 1A, 2 option, R.J. Barrett, in looking at history and looking at the game, you know, honesty is the fourth best player on a championship team. Occasionally, he can behave like a third tier, third best player. Um, and if you look at his numbers uh, in comparing him against Anobi, he, he, he scores three to four more points a game. But look at the attempts and the percentages. Anobi is just a better shooter. Uh, he shoots 61% from the, from the two. two Two, you know, in uh, shooting the two, not the three ball, whereas RJ is at 47%. From the three ball, he's 37.4, whereas RJ is 33. We would, we're looking for some improvement, but I mean, this is as close to a no brainer. Bigger body, uh, maybe not as 
the same lateral movement, but as far as rebounding and, and general uh, better defender, longer body, um, this is pretty much a no-brainer. And with that being said, uh, the previous caller checked all of the boxes. He pretty much said everything that was in my head. And I, I want to say if they're able to get DeJounte Murray in, um, you know, that would, that would be fantastic. Um, and I was hoping for Spicy P last year, but obviously that was, you know, didn't happen. But OG definitely um, excited about it. Wish RJ the best. Um, and hopefully he looks at that, right, um, and, 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 and is more consistent because that's pretty much what did him in, very inconsistent. And you could just blind, like put your blinders on. You know what you're going to get out of, of um, Brunson. You know what you're going to get out of Julius Randle. With RJ, it was just too much of a question mark. You know what you're going to get out of Ananobi. You know you're going to get 15 to 17 points on a high shooting percentage, meaning those other attempts will go to other players and, you know, just just contribute to winning. So I'm, I'm, I'm Jim, excited. But I, good, good. GM, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Trying to get as many people in as we can. Uh, we've got a boatload of calls. Everybody wanting to chime in on this Knicks trade. Let's go to John in New Jersey. John, welcome in. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, Anita. How are you? I'm great. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. I want to discuss this Nick trade and what future moves they might make as well. Um, When I evaluate this trade, Anita, I thought they would have hooked a bigger fish with the package that they gave up, to be quite honest with you. Um, I don't mind losing... R.J. Barrett, he was very much inconsistent, wasn't a good defender, never really improved from the three, didn't help them late in games as far as a scoring option to uh, take the pressure off Brunson and Randall and give them that third wheel. Um, Emmanuel, quickly, it just became obvious to me that they didn't want to pay him, that his asking price in the offseason was going to be too high. So rather than have him walk and get absolutely nothing back, they put him as part of the package. But the biggest part that bothers me with this trade is that second-round pick that they surrendered in the steal. I, I, I didn't believe that that was necessary. I didn't think they needed to forfeit that. That was a valuable trade asset that they had to make another move with, and they just easily and reluctantly gave that up. That's, that pick uh, belongs to Detroit. You see the historic, horrible season that the Detroit Pistons are going through right now. That's going to be like a late first-round pick. And if you remember when the Knicks traded Carmelo Anthony away, they were in a similar situation. It was also Detroit involved, and that pick that they got back in the Carmelo Anthony trade wound up being the second-round pick selection of Mitchell Robinson. 
So you can get a very good player with that selection, you know, first overall in the second round. I, I think they were a little too free and a little too loose to give that away. But with that being said, the next move, in my opinion, has to be Delante Murray from Atlanta. He's a long, strong guard, and he's a complete two-way player. I mean, when he played under Greg Popovich, he was all NBA defensive player yeah. at the point guard position. He could also play the two if he needs to. He's improved his three-point shooting, tremendous defender, can drive to the basket, can uh, break people down, which the Knicks need another guy to do so. And they got to alleviate the pressure and uh, that's being put on Jalen Brunson at this point. Mm-hmm. They're going to run him into the hardwood and burn him out. And also, this is going to neutralize the um, productivity of a Damian Lillard at the shooting guard position for Milwaukee, who they're going to have to go up against in the playoffs, as well as uh, Maxi in, in uh, Philadelphia. So I think he would be a tremendous asset to this Nick team, a tremendous acquisition, and he would help you in so many different ways. Like I said, both Tibbs would love this guy. The guy gets a tremendous amount of steals as well. And you look at the steals that they would get and the, the touch passes and the put-back baskets and the easy baskets and alleviate the pressure of Randall and Brunson with OG at the wing, and then you bring Murray in at the two-guard. You have, you have one of the best all-around dynamic backcourts in the entire NBA by doing so. I just think Donovan Mitchell is too undersized. He does not play any defense, and that wouldn't move the needle. I think Murray moves the needle for the Knicks and takes them and elevates them to a whole, totally different level than, than making a trade for bringing in John. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, John, I hear you. A few things. Number one, um, you know, I, I think I think Atlanta has to be ready to give up on that, you know, Murray and, and Trey experiment. Uh, and, and hopefully they're close to that because obviously it is not working there. Uh, what would it take to bring him here? How many ones would it take to bring him here? Because now losing R.J. Barrett and quickly, you don't want to, you, you know, Brunson is 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 off the table and you don't want to lose Randall. Obviously, your big three now is uh, Ananobi, uh, Brunson, and Randall. You want to build around them. So we'll see what happens there. And I, I don't, I don't think this is a trade situation for Donovan Mitchell. I think this is a, you know, once his once his his current deal is up in 2025, where does he want to go? Hopefully, he wants to come here to New York. I, I think that would be more kind of the way that the that, that Donovan Mitchell would become a Nick as opposed to, uh, to, to to putting together a trade for him. Uh, we come back. Joe Wiz is going to join us next. Professional Handicapper has his own shows here on 98.7 ESPN. But we'll continue to take your calls as well. Dill, Ricardo, Will, hang tight. We'll get you guys right here on 98.7 ESPN. Joe Wiz, he's got his own gambling show here on 98.7 ESPN, and he joins us each and every Saturday um, with his picks and his plays. So, uh, Joe, welcome in. Let's start right there. College bowl games, uh, New Year's Day. You've got Alabama going up against Michigan. Michigan favored by one and a half. A lot of people feel, man, you never pass down taking Alabama, Nick Saban, getting the points. The over-under is 45. I know everybody's on Alabama. Are you as well? Well, I, I didn't know everybody. By the way, Happy New Year. And uh, so when you take a look at this game, I know a lot of people are looking at Alabama. Michigan right now is favored by two, as you mentioned. The totals are 45. I mean, the schedule strength does favor Alabama in this game here. I mean, uh, you know, when you look at uh, Michigan, they, they, the only two teams they've beaten are, are Ohio State 
and they beat Penn State. And we saw Ohio State get beat by Missouri, albeit they didn't have their solid team. But Penn State did have the majority of their team on the field today, and they got smoked uh, by an SEC team. Um, and meanwhile, M- Michigan's other wins come against East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska. I can go on and on. Alabama, the difference in this game here is is the coach, Nick Saban, right? He's got seven national titles, and uh, the schedule strength favors Alabama. And I bought it up to three, Anita. Um, you know, lines to two. I took it up to three just in case if it's one of those crazy games decided by a field goal. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, getting Alabama, uh, you know, I think Nick Saban, like I said, he beat Georgia. It was very impressive stopping their 29-game winning streak. And Georgia might be the best team in all of college football. Forget about Florida State. I know Florida State was decimated with their injuries today, but Georgia, you know, had a right to make the claim to be in the uh, semifinals, but they're not. And Alabama's only loss was to Texas. I think they get the job done on Monday. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, everybody I know, they're all over Alabama. It kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, Texas going up against Washington. Uh, Texas favored here, minus four, the over-under 63.5. It's a big number. How are you playing this one? Yeah, when you take a look at it, Texas comes in with a record of 12-1. and one. Their only loss, Anita, was to Oklahoma. Washington, on the other hand, Anita, has won 20 games in a row, and they're just not getting any respect at all. I mean, when you take a look at it, their quarterback, Michael Penix, who was a Heisman finalist, I mean, their offensive line won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in all of college football. They led the nation in passing yards per game at 343. I think this is going to be a shootout, an all-out shootout, but it wouldn't shock me if uh, Washington pulls off the mild upset, if you want to call it, with a team that's won 20 games in a row, um, and they stopped a good Oregon team twice this year, including in the Pac-12 championship game. So uh, team running 20 games in a row, getting three and a half, uh, leading the nation in uh, passing yards. Uh, I'm going to take a shot with the dog on the Huskies plus the four. There you go. Uh, let's turn our attention to what's going on in the NFL. We've got a big game tonight. Um, haven't really talked much about it because of this Knicks trade that went down earlier this afternoon. Uh, but the Detroit Lions going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, kickoff at 8-15. Uh, the, uh, the Detroit Lions were getting five and a half. It then moved up to six. Now it's down to four and a half. The over-under is 52 and a half. I like the over here. That's my play. How are you playing this one? You have to wonder about the motivation for both teams here, Anita. You know, they're pretty much locked in where they are. Detroit um, has a remote chance of catching the number one seed, but, you know, that means that San Francisco would have to lose to Washington tomorrow and the Philadelphia Eagles would have to lose to Arizona and then to the Giants next week at MetLife. So it's unlikely. Um, right now, Dan Campbell has to be very happy. To, you know, it's what, what has been 30 years since his team's won the NFC North. And, this, uh, you know, the Lion team has been very inconsistent. Last week they beat the uh, Vikings 30 to 24. They were very fortunate because, uh, you know, the uh, Vikings threw four interceptions. Nick Mullins had four interceptions in that game here. On the other hand, what could you say about the Cowboys? You know, they win at home and they can't win on the road. Uh, they're playing at home. I'm going with the home team here. You know, people think I play dogs all the time. I think the Cowboys get themselves together, uh, considering the Lions really don't need this game um, and the Cowboys do need a little bit more. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to go with Dallas to get back on the winning, column, winning side here to knock off the Lions tonight. Actually, believe it or not, the Lions are still in the race uh, for the number one seed. It's between them, the Eagles, and the 49ers in the NFC. And I think the 49ers are going to have a tough time against the Rams in Week 18. Uh, But I've gotten ahead of ourselves here. The Rams have to face the Giants tomorrow here in New York. The Rams are favored by six. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. I hate to say it. I like the Rams here. Probably my, my best bet and my favorite bet is Puka. 
going over, I want to say right now it's uh, 69, 68 and a half receiving yards. He is just, he's 146 total receiving yards away of breaking the all-time rookie wide receiver receiving wide receiver receiving yards record. And so I think Sean McVay and this Rams team tries to uh, help him get at it. So I'm, I'm overs for Puka tomorrow. It's probably my favorite bet, but nonetheless, I do like the Rams here minus six. How are you playing this one? You know, I don't like playing these West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast, laying points on the uh, road, um, albeit the Giants are very disappointing. The Giants did not play poorly in either against the Eagles on Christmas night, right? Um, had the Giants plus the generous points in that game. And you take a look at the Rams. They're well-rested. They, they're coming off that Thursday night win against the uh, New Orleans Saints, 30-22. to you got Matt Stafford here. Um, I think that the uh, total scheme of 43, I'm going to take a shot with the over in this game here. I think the Rams will be able to score, and I think the Giants are going to start op- trying to open it up a little bit more. they got to see. I know that Tyrod Taylor is not the future of the Giants, but he did look, to, did look okay against the Eagles when he did come in, and that's one of the reasons why they brought him in is because when, as, as, instead of DeVito, is that uh, he can pass the ball a little bit further down the field. And um, I think that the shot, taking the, uh, taking the uh, over in this game, 43, I think that the Rams are going to be good for at least three or four touchdowns if the Giants can keep up. Uh, I'd rather play the total over 43 than lay the points uh, with the Rams in this game. That's my opinion. Probably the best game on the slate is the Miami Dolphins in Baltimore uh, taking on the the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this line is really interesting. So this line was at three and a half all week. It's now dropped down to three. The Baltimore Ravens minus three. The over-under is 46 and a half. I had my mom on the show not too long ago. She said that two is dealing with some injuries. And sure enough, I researched it. He's not dealing with just one. He's dealing with two. He's got a back and a thumb injury. That doesn't bode well. Uh, Jalen Waddell is out. What do the odds makers know that we don't? Why didn't this line go up to minus four? Why did it go down to minus three? Yeah, it is interesting because Waddle, like I said, is probably out. I'm not sure about the two injuries, but I'm glad that uh, uh, Mama Mia gave us that information. She's always good for that <laughs> stuff, right? Uh, and when you take a look at it here, uh, Baltimore, I mean, they, there's so much at stake at this game here right now. Baltimore is number one seed is on the line right now for them. They got the Steelers next week. Steelers are going to have a tough time because they can play Seattle, and then they're going to travel back to Baltimore. And it's a big revenge game for Baltimore as well. They outplayed Pittsburgh when they played them in Pittsburgh. So I think they'll take care of the Steelers. But Miami, listen, they beat the Cowboys last week, but, you know, that's the only team they ha- win against they have against the winning team. Um, they're not going to Baltimore and beating the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I know it's a short week. You know, it's an emotional game with, uh, with the Ravens. There's so much at stake here on the line here without Waddle being in. I'm not, I, regardless of what the line says, um, I'm, I'm, I like the line at minus three. I'm not going to be too much into it here. Um, I just think that Baltimore um, is going to be in the Super Bowl this year. Um, that's my pick um, to be in the, in the AFC, and I'm expecting to knock off the Dolphins here. I, I don't think the Dolphins are as good as their a win against the Cowboys were because they didn't look that good against the Cowboys last week. Yeah, listen, I, I've been saying it. I think the Cowboys and the Dolphins are all both pretenders, not contenders, especially when they go on the road and have to play opponents away from their home, co- their home court, their home field. Um, he is Joe Wiz. Are you back on air tomorrow morning? 
Yes, I am indeed. We're kicking off week 17, and would you believe it? We're just about well, a little bit over 30 hours away from 2024. I want to wish everyone a happy new year, including yourself and Chantel, for working to your phones today. Um, and uh, hey, we're kicking it off tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're going to break down every game in the NFL. We got some uh, college basketball. We got some NBA. Even got some soccer. So the fine line, we're kicking it off at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, we're back on to kick off the new year, and hopefully we can make some money for people. And want to wish everyone a happy and healthy. Healthy is more important than anything else healthy new year for everybody fantastic great stuff uh joe is really do appreciate you uh happy new year to you and yours make sure you tune into him again the fine line bright and early 6 a.m i follow him at seven o'clock with the fantasy forecast getting you ready for championship week in fantasy football and then at eight o'clock we bring you new york game day myself amani tumor and mike tenenbaum with you until 11 o'clock tomorrow morning right here on 98.7 espn you're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Joining us is Alex Monaco. You see him all over MSG, all their gambling platforms. Uh, Every now and then, I'll pop into the MSG studios and do some stuff with him on his show. Um, And uh, and so it's always great having him on here on 98.7 ESPN. Alex, hi. Anita, thanks for having me. I caught you and Alan talking, and I caught you and your mom talking. What a show so far! Great, great. Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you what? What do you think about Mama Mimi? She's a hoot, right? I mean, incredible. I that's gold right there. Can I get my Italian mom on now in the years to come? I'm that's the comp right there. Oh my gosh! Which, by the way, she's right. Tua is beat up. He's dealing with a thumb and a back, and so again, I, I don't. I don't quite understand the line movement. What do the odds makers know that we don't, that two is banged up, but yet this line goes from three and a half to three as opposed to three and a half to four? I don't get it. They always know something. I mean, we they talked know about something. it yesterday on Barton Hahn, you know? It's going to be they interesting. Know, right? That key number is everything. Oh, I they know. have to know something. They know something. I swear. They are so, again, I, I always say odds makers are the most intelligent people and those that are the most dialed in. Um, unbelievable. I'd love except, to have one in my... The, except for these bowl games. Except for these bowl games. I mean, I don't well, know that's... what's going on. I don't know if you've been... I mean, I can't. I'm losing, just, just... I'm losing my butt. I'm losing my butt. I, 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 but, but I can't stop wagering on them. Because I want... Like, I it's, like, it's become a game. It's like, oh, I, I want to handicap this. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's it, at, at the end of the day, really, I should have saved my money and just wagered on the four... Playoff games. 
you know, that you know they're all putting their best foot forward. There's no transfer portal. There's no none of that BS going on. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I'm with you. All right. Before we start talking NFL and other things, other things, all the things that I think uh, that you've got your hands in, let's talk about the Knicks. Uh, again, trade happens, so we know no R.J. Barrett, no quickly tonight. Um, but this is an Indiana Pacers team, minus four and a half. The Knicks on the road getting four and a half. The over-under is 249. How, if one wanted to play this, how do you play it, Alex? You know, it's an interesting question, Anita, because you conventional wisdom would say, all right, you're looking at this Knicks team awful loss. They're 9-3-1 and one against the spread awful loss. That's top two in the NBA, but they are, they are on the back-to-back, of course, with the trade. You know, the line movement or lack thereof is, is interesting to me. Of course, I always go and I look at the ticket money splits. Uh, of course, Indiana's being hammered. But, you know, this Knicks team plays Indiana so well. They won four of the last five, seven of the last ten. And they're off a game where they were six for 30 from three-point land. And this Knicks team has been top ten from three-point land the whole season. And the Pacers are bottom three in defending the three-point land. So, when you look at it, those factors – you know, I lean the Knicks tonight, um, gut check game. But, again, you, if you're betting it, tread lightly. I did just give out a same-game parlay uh, with Tito on the Knicks pregame. And I just want to back the horses, you know, back the conductor, the maestro, Brunson, off a humble shooting night. He's made 39 field goals in three, uh, three of the last four games combined. Take Randall off a 38-point night. And Halliburton, you know, 10 or 12 assists. You know, off, off uh, 11 or 12 games this month, he's had double-digit assists. And you're probably safe that way. As far as the over/under or the spread, might be something you want to do an eyeball test with, and maybe live bet. Um, I hear you. I've got two other NBA plays I want to tee up for you. Um, am I crazy? Am I crazy to take the Detroit Pistons on the money line at plus one forty? Am I nuts? Listen, I, that's the buzz around the MSG office right now, and I don't hate it. I mean, it, something's got a Jack Nicholson give here. Why not tonight? I mean, it is it is a great spot just because, again, the Raptors are on the other side of this trade as well. Who's going, who's not? And the line sort of reflects at, you know, four. I'm seeing it as low as three and a half. It, it reflects that it might be the Pistons night. If they can't get this one on a short change Raptors team off a road game that, that the Celtics gave them all, all they had, I don't know what could, what could happen, but I, I actually am with you. What else you got for him? So, so and, and here's my rationale. Um, number one, obviously, the trade affecting the Raptors. Uh, number two, well, the Raptors have lost each of their last six road games when playing with a rest disadvantage, and they are tonight coming off of a game against Boston uh, where, by the way, Siakam played 41 minutes, Barnes played 38 minutes. So, oh, yeah. again, I, I like call me crazy at plus 140. I might just play the Detroit Pistons on the money line. Uh, the other one that I like is the Mavs and the Warriors under. Uh, I'm not sure what's the latest on Luka. Not sure if the Mavs are going to have him. Uh, this is their third game in four days, two on the road. They still don't have Kyrie. As for the Golden State Warriors, they did not look good on Thursday. There wasn't one player who scored more than 13 points, Alex. Eight for 33 from behind the arc. So they're struggling offensively. Again, Mavs, Warriors, under 243. That's my other NBA play tonight. Yeah, I like that. I mean, look, this is a prideful Warriors team that, you know, otherwise under Kerr has played fundamentally sound defense. They've let the last two with Denver and Miami get away from them. At home, weekend night, like you said, shorthanded Mavs team. I mean, 
Luca's a father. How much can he cook? He's got to calm down and get a five-hour night of sleep with a crying baby at some point. And, you know, why not tonight to give us the under? I like it. I like it. Uh, Alex Monaco joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Again, you see him all over the MSG networks, whether it's his own gambling show um, or, of course, uh, previewing Knicks, previewing Rangers, all the things. We've got a football game tonight. I haven't spent much time talking about the NFL uh, in two hours and nine minutes, but that's OK. Um, you know, I can I can uh, I can weave when most people uh what is it? I'll zig when most people zag. Uh, anyway, you've got the Detroit Lions going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas favored by four and a half here. The over-under is 52 and a half. Everybody I know loves Dallas. Loves Dallas at home. Loves Dallas at home. Uh, just something's telling me. I, this is how I'm playing it. I think this is a great spot to tease the Detroit Lions and tease them up to plus 10 and a half. Uh, if you could still get it at five and a half in some places, great. Tease it up to plus 11 and a half. Also, I love the over here at 52 and a half. Both these teams have a lot of speed. Uh, they're going to be on a fast track and indoors. So I like over 52 and a half, and I'm going to use the Detroit Lions as a two-team, six-point teaser, starting off my week, my week 17 with them and aligning that with some games tomorrow. What say you? I like it. I think the over definitely is probably the safer play tonight. I am, I'm kind of with you on teasing the Lions here. I may sprinkle. I, I did I did throw a little on five and a half. I mean, Anita, let's talk this out. The, the Lions have the same output on the road that they do at home. They're 6-2 against the spread this year as a road team. Again, four and a half, a little bit different than five and a half, not crossing a key number, but – this Dallas team, we spoke about it a little on the radio yesterday. Week nine on, they're bottom five right now and stopping the run. This is a unbelievable two-headed monster with Montgomery and Gibbs. Everyone's saying this is the letdown because they, they're off the, the three-decade no divisional title. Can you not go to Costanza opposite here and say they're on an all-time Dan Campbell? No, don't need the two-coffee caffeine high here? I mean – Let's talk the opposite. I'm kind of with you. I think teasing up the Lions with something safer tomorrow, it's a patient play, but I think you have to do it. I mean, again, golf outdoors is a, is a whole other conversation, but golf outdoors in a dome, we saw it last week. I mean, he managed the game well. The defense got Mullins turning the ball over here, there, and everywhere. Why not? It's a big number, big pressure on Dallas, too, by the way, and this has NFC seeding implications. I think you just got to take the point. Uh, and how, who would I align that with on Sunday? I, I, I think there's a lot of great teasing options on Sunday. Teasing the Eagles down to minus six and a half or minus six against the Cardinals, which, by the way, Kyler Murray has been dealing with an illness all week. Uh, don't call me crazy here, but how about teasing the Washington Commanders up to plus 20 at home against the 49ers? 20 is no matter how bad a team is. 20 points is a lot in the NFL. What about teasing the Patriots up to plus 20 going up against the Buffalo Bills? The Patriots defense isn't that bad, and they're rolling with Zappy again. Um, I'm trying to think some other teasing opportunities here that might look Where appealing. How about this? How about, how, about the, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus 10.5 against the Seattle Seahawks? I think the Pittsburgh Steelers win outright. So I could get them at 10.5. I'm all about it. So, um, what oh, did you I say? I love that one. I love well, that you, one. No, I, I think I the Steelers teased up is great. I like, I like your thinking. I think maybe some of these divisional games are worth 
teasing up. I, I have seen a, a lot of a lot of sharp money coming in on that Saints line, right? That was around three and a half when it opened. It's now down to under that key number of three. So, do we know something that 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 do we not know something bookmakers know? Because I, no way you'd want to back the Saints team, but up close to around ten. Maybe worth a sprinkle. And, you know, the Titans are always competitive in division against uh, C.J. Stroud coming back and, and that line having a little movement. But I'm, I'm with you. I like I, – I, I don't hate the Patriots teased up by any means, and I certainly don't hate the Steelers. Before we let you go, what's your favorite play heading in tomorrow's slate of games, Alex? You know, it's – Anita, this number, you know, we talked about it. I'm waiting to pounce on it. it the Ravens were minus – Three for just a quick New York minute. If they, it, you mentioned the Tua thing, you know that's that's a real tough spot with again AFC one seed implication. There's a lot for Miami to be able to go up to Baltimore against a physical team back to back weeks. By the way, and they did prove a lot right last week winning that grinded out game that did go under. I gotta take the Ravens minus three. I know I'm going in the Lions den against a great club that's eleven and four. But I think that game last week might have taken a lot out of them, whereas I know the Ravens have had a gauntlet of a schedule. But, I mean, my goodness, they go against teams not as physical against uh, – not as physical as they are. The Lions, you saw them earlier in the season. The Seahawks, I mean, they beat the brakes off you. So, that team number three, which we talked about, I'm taking it if the hook goes away. You're the best, Alex. Alex Monaco joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, happy holidays. Happy New Year. I'll see you next year. And good luck with all your wagering, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on with the best pickleball player in the tri-state area. <laughs> From your mouth to, <laughs> to God's ears, uh, the pickleball God's ears, that is. I haven't played in like almost two weeks. I'm jonesing right now because I've been, you know, all the big wigs, all the people who make all the big money take off for the holidays. I, I, I pull the, 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 uh, the fill-in duty. So I, I haven't played pickle in quite a while. I'm jonesing. Like, I, like I, need to get, I need to get back out there. Um, and, Listen, and, and, give, me, give me the line. I'm jumping on the needle. If it's plus money on the pickleball court when you return, I'll take that underdog all day to the bank. You're the best. Uh, adore you, Alex. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Have Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, again, this is a Knicks team uh, just completing a trade with the Toronto Raptors. Um, in Indiana still favored by this line did go down to four and the over under is two forty seven and a half. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm personally, I'm staying away from it. Um, I, I, I actually, I, I lied. Um, I, I am going to play a same game parlay and I'm going to, I'm going to manipulate, um, a, a lot of the prop bets that are out there in my same game parlay. You definitely want to stay tuned to your next pregame show because I'll share that with you. Uh, on the pregame show, so t- stay tuned to that. Um, but uh, I- I'm I- I'm going to spend the majority of my money on this NFL game. When we get back, I'll-, I'll share with you all the ways that I'm playing Dallas and the Detroit Lions, and we'll take your calls. Dill, Ricardo, Will, we'll get you guys as well before we sign off at 6.30, right here on 98.7 ESPN.